Hello, hello, what's going on guys? It's Richard Arsenault, your host of the All About Feeling Good podcast, and we're here for another one. Uh, we have an amazing vegan on the show today. Her name is Danielle Petz, uh, also known as uh, Vegan Danielle. We're going to get into it, and uh, she's going to be sharing her story, going vegan, and plenty of other awesome stuff. So welcome to the show, Danielle. How's it going? Hi, Richard. Thank you. It's definitely uh, an experience being the guest rather than the host. <laughs> right, right. You have a podcast of your own, I hear. I do. I actually uh, I had a vegan-themed one for about four and a half years, and I recently just started a different one that's focused on women entrepreneurs because I kind of figured that you know, there's there's a, definitely some space for vegan podcasts, and I love it, but I was trying to kind of enter a bigger pool, so to speak. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, we all, you know, change, and sometimes we feel like we need to go in a dire different direction, and, you know, that's uh, that looks like that's where it's taking you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been fun to explore. So both your podcasts are, are still up, or your first one is still up as well, or...? Yeah, it is. It's just called Vegan Danielle. It was kind of the name that I had adopted on Instagram and then uh, had a website with the same name and podcast with the same name. So I just kind of kept everything the same. It's still live. Uh, 200 something episodes on there too. So there's quite a bit to go through. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I feel I've done the same. I had the Instagram name and I was like, well, if I'm going to want to share stuff, I didn't want really want to start a new Instagram page or a new social media of some sort just for the podcast. So that's, I guess, you know, may as well take on the, the same name like you did and, and go from there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you're from San Diego and uh, you've been vegan for how long now? Since 2015, so about five and a half years i think it was november yeah it was right around thanksgiving of 2015 nice nice just uh just uh right before me a few years um so i'm trailing nice. trailing behind you <laughs> um <laughs> so tell us a bit about your journey going veganism maybe a bit about about yourself before and and how did you end up making that switch and um and all that good stuff yeah absolutely so when i was in my early 20s uh so i lived in la at the time i was the typical <laughs> la girl i was partying drinking drugs um crazy fast lifestyle lots of parties and you know all that kind of fun stuff and I got really caught up in the fun and didn't really put a whole lot of attention on my own health or, you know, I was always kind of in shape because I've always been active, uh, but internally there was a lot going on that, that I didn't realize. And in 2015, uh, leading into early 2016, I started doing some exploring, um, well, before this actually, so it was right before I went vegan, I was in college and um, I was a math major. I had a computer science minor, but I had neglected to take all of my prerequisites until later. And so one of those was health, like 101 or whatever. 
And uh, in the course, the instructor was saying that we were able to get extra credit if we went to go get a physical at the doctor. And all we had to do was prove that we got the physical. So uh, I did that and I got some results back. And the doctor said, you know, I, I feel like there might be a little bit of a lump in your throat. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I've had tonsillitis before and there's some scar tissue. So that's probably all it is. And, and he's like, no, no, I, I think there might be something more. And I was like, all right, whatever. Like, I don't think anything of it. And uh, he's like, well, I'm going to send you to go get an ultrasound. So I'm like, OK, so I go get an ultrasound kind of in my neck region and uh we go to i go to an endocrinologist and, and he says you know i i think there might be something here we wanted to do some further testing I'm like okay still whatever i'm not thinking anything of it uh they decided to do a biopsy get the results and um he calls me and it wasn't it wasn't his aide or anybody calling me it was him calling me the doctor mm-hmm. and he says danielle you know i i have some news for you um are you like sitting down and i'm like uh yeah like what are you talking about um and he said well unfortunately we got the results of the biopsy back and it turns out you have thyroid cancer and i was like oh (laughs) okay Hmm. and um you know the word cancer is quite scary i didn't know much about thyroid and uh of course like any smart inquisitive person would do i start searching on webmd (laughs) (laughs) on what thyroid cancer is and what i'm supposed to do anyway Long story short, everything ended up fine. I ended up having surgery. They did a partial thyroidectomy, which means they just took out half my thyroid. I didn't need chemo. I didn't need radiation. They cut it out. Everything was great. But during this process, I started doing a lot of research on how diet and exterior things could influence cancer cell growth. And what I kept coming up with was acidity in foods uh, can lead to faster growth of cancer cells and even the creation of them. And so then I'm like, well, what's acidic? You know, <laughs> what does this mean? And, and basically, long story short, without boring you with the details, <laughs> um, I found that animal products tend to be very high in acid and, and leafy greens and a lot of plants tend to be very alkaline. And so I was just kind of doing it. I started looking into being raw and all these things. And, and you know, I was coming from a kind of a bodybuilder type diet, like chicken, rice, broccoli sort of diet. Right. And uh, so I wasn't like super far off being healthy. There wasn't like a lot of fast food or anything, but I really started looking into this. And right around the same time, you know, I guess my phone realized I was looking up a lot of (laughs) plant-based stuff and (laughs) YouTube had recommended uh, the documentary to me, Vegucated. And so I watched that and there was just a tiny little portion in it that showed factory farming, like nothing compared to earthlings or anything like that. Right. And I couldn't even watch it. And I turned off the volume and I couldn't hear the screams of the animals. And I just had this like glimpse of factory farming. And I couldn't believe that I was so blind to it. I couldn't believe that my entire life I was calling myself an animal lover and I was rescuing, you know, a mouse that might have got bit by a crow or something outside. But I was literally eating tortured animals. And it just I had this huge awakening and everything combined with the thyroid cancer and a little bit of knowledge I had on factory farming. I was like, okay. What does it mean to be vegan? <laughs> I just started there. Nice, nice. So, yeah, like, it seems like you didn't really have any doubts, or do you feel like it was just something that just came into your life and, and you know, just flew in and it just made sense to you and that's kind of how you went about it or was there a bit of back and forth uh were you like unsure about the whole thing or 
it was kind of a bit of everything because there was mm-hmm. one side of me that was like, I don't care if I X, Y, Z get skinny, you know, any of these things that people think are going to happen, lose my muscle tone, whatever. There was a part of me that was like, I don't care what's going to happen because there's no way I'm contributing to this. So I'm going to figure it out. And then there was definitely the inquisitive side that's like, well, do you plants have protein? Like, (laughs) where does this come from? Can I still work out if I'm only eating plants? And Mm -hmm. um, I had a lot of the similar questions I think people ask us these days. And so that obviously with the access to the Internet wasn't too hard to figure out. This was um, before Game Changers had come out, but there was definitely a lot of information on plant-based nutrition for athletes. And, and, uh, you know, I, I obviously found out very quickly that plants do have protein as well and <laughs> that it wasn't something I necessarily need to, needed to worry about. So it um, corrected itself very quickly. Right. Yeah. So Vegucated, I, I, I've watched that a while back. It's been a while now, but I need to uh, rewatch some of these because uh, there's so many good ones. But so would you say that documentary is what really kind of... Uh, hit the spot for you in, in kind of making that change? Oh my, I mean, with you getting the thyroid cancer and starting to look into it, but it seems like watching that documentary really kind of hit the spot for you in, in some way. Yeah, it's definitely what started the internal questioning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's definitely what launched me into like wanting to research more and, um, I mean, to this day, I still haven't even seen the full Earthlings film because I yeah. felt that it just wasn't necessary. I've uh, seen right. portions of it for sure. But um, yeah, it, and I don't honestly remember much of Educated either. I yeah. just remember that that was the one. Well, I mean, it's it's years ago, you know, five, six years. So <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I find that like you were talking about how earlier, you know, you, you were fit and, and stuff like that. You're always active and, and um, you know, like sometimes you see people and we just automatically put them in the category of like healthy just because uh-huh. they look fit, you know, mm-hmm. but like, does that actually mean that they're healthy? Like is healthy the outside appearance? Like, you know? Yeah. And I, I like that you brought that up because especially with people that are younger, like Mm -hmm. me in my twenties, like I said, drugs and alcohol were a huge part of me, but I also was very active. So on the outside, I looked great. Like I I've always been pretty fit. Like you wouldn't know that there was anything internally going on until I started getting some blood tests done, the thyroid test. I found out I had some uh, gut issues that I was born with some like really crazy stuff and you would never know on the outside. And so I just, I love that you put that in the space because there's a lot of people, especially in their twenties, maybe even early thirties that are like, yeah, I'm not vegan. Look how healthy I am. I'm super fit. I'm super that. And maybe their blood tests are good. Like I'm not saying you can't, you know, be not vegan and not still have good blood tests. But I would say that to really understand the full spectrum of health, that getting a, a full blood panel really understanding what's going on internally because a lot of those symptoms don't start to show up until you're older. And so, yeah, the exterior appearance is not everything. Yeah. Yeah, no, because, you know, like I've heard of, you know, marathon runners and stuff. They've ran, they look fit, they've done all these things, and then all of a sudden they just die of, you know, a heart attack or something like that. And then people are like, oh, well, 
this person was just always exercising and they seemed healthy, but yeah, but what were they eating and what other things were they doing, you know? So sometimes yeah. I guess it's maybe a lot of people, I don't know, or maybe missing a big picture within maybe their own health. They're like, oh no, but I'm exercising, doing this, doing that, but they're nuts, no, you know, maybe just missing some information and... You know, we're not always looking into it and, you know, spending hours on YouTube trying to find all all the the answers for for better health and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, so it's it's hard to say looking at somebody else. But also, I think that in the end, it's just gathering more information. And it seems like the more you looked into it and the more information you, you know, you gathered, you just started seeing that, okay, well, this is making more and more sense and it is resonating with you as well. Because it's not everybody that is going to get this information and it's going to resonate for them and it's going to inspire them or motivate them to make the changes, you know, even though it's maybe the same information as you. So absolutely. Well, and I think that brings up another point too, that in my experience and, and I think in a mm -hmm. lot of people's experience that most people take their own health along with many other things for granted when there's not a problem, right? We don't exactly. start to look into it until we have a big red flag and we're like, Oh shoot, is there something that I should do differently? And unfortunately for most, oh, I guess it could be fortunate in a certain way, but a lot of these problems don't show up until people are older normally. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's too late then, or, you know, maybe they could have changed to be more plant-based or, or completely vegan in their twenties. And this would have never led to this. Who knows? You know, there's a lot of factors that can go into it, but um, I'm finding more and more with all the people I talk to, and I'm sure you've had this experience too, that a lot of times it takes that like, well, I almost had this or my dad died of cancer or this happened or whatever. And then it took that big thing in their life to be like, wow, what could have caused this for them to be able to make a change? So I love like sharing these kind of stories because my hope is that maybe somebody doesn't have to wait until that happens. Right. And they can hear from other people's experiences on how they can better their health. Mm hmm. Yeah, there's yeah, there's just so many like we're all different in a way we can't just, um, you know, obviously we can't change anybody. They have to change them themselves if they feel like, you know, they're unhealthy, but they just have a hard time sticking with a healthier lifestyle or something like that. But um, some people, I guess, just will wait till, you know, the near death experience and then they'll mm -hmm. finally change. But for, for those people, maybe that's just what it took for for them to, to actually make the change. And there was no other way around getting them to do it or for them to do it themselves kind of thing. So it, yeah. I guess the mind is just a crazy place. And sometimes, you know, you look into it and it doesn't matter how much information somebody gets. You know, they just don't care. It seems like some people might just not care enough. But again, it's, yeah, just coming from a different place. And um, and then for some people, it's just like, oh, shit, this is healthier. OK, well, I'm going to start doing that right now. Mm -hmm. You know, So it's mm -hmm. just sometimes I just it, it brings it back up. Like I, I I repeat this sometimes in conversations, but it it just makes me wonder why it's like that kind of thing. Like, I guess it's just the differences that we have in, in our mind of, 
why some will choose to make some uh, make a change right now and some it takes almost dying for them to to make something happen but yeah <laughs> it's very interesting we're we're very interesting creatures <laughs> yeah absolutely so uh before going vegan like maybe tell us a little bit about you like your diet then you said that you were just um basically like the meat eating bodybuilder kind of style and then what is it like now what's the the differences in in yeah so when i was in my early 20s i uh so okay i'll back up even before that when i was growing up we didn't have a whole lot of money so it was mm -hmm. just kind of whatever was available so uh, my mom really had it in her heart to eat healthy, but sometimes that wasn't an option. And I grew up in a really small town, so I started working when I was like 13 and a half. And my first uh, quote unquote real job, I was 14 and I worked at McDonald's. And so a lot of times I worked the, clothes, the closing shift and uh, whatever food was available that was going to get thrown away, I would actually steal it and put it in my backpack and take it home and we'd have chicken nuggets for the next three nights. And that was just kind of a result of not having a lot of money. So, right. um, after that, then I, I mean, I started working early. I moved out, finished high school when I was 17, uh, started working other jobs. And when I started making more money, it became like almost an obsession for me to eat all the things I couldn't have when I was a kid. Right. right so it's yeah. like, I'm going to go to, you know, fast food restaurants, but also like, you know, I, I don't know. I would just start buying things that I didn't have ice cream, all these kind of things. So I ate pretty crappy in my twenties, but I was also extremely active and, um, it just, you know, when you're in your twenties, your metabolism is pretty quick and I was never really overweight. I was always pretty thin. And then I would say that towards my mid twenties is when I started really going to the gym a lot. Like when I say active before it was more just like dancing and like, you know, just running around a lot, not necessarily focusing on a goal of being healthy. So mm -hmm. mid 20s, I start working out in the gym more. I didn't necessarily have any goals of like bodybuilding or fitness. I just wanted to be in shape. And um, I'd say my diet then was a lot of cooking at home. Um, I'd say compared to the standard American diet, healthier. Uh, it was kind of broccoli, asparagus, chicken. Uh, a little bit of hamburgers here and there, um, but not like super crazy bad. But then um, right before, so I moved to San Diego in 2012 from LA and I, I was going to school. I was in college full time. And so I would do a lot of meal prep for college and I had gotten a little healthier at that point. It was like no more fast food ever. I never really drank soda unless I was going out drinking or something. Um, but my meal preps were almost always brown rice, broccoli, chicken breast, or maybe fish instead of chicken. And they were pretty quote unquote clean, you know, compared to what most people ate. And so I thought that I was eating super healthy. And even though in comparison to the standard American, I was, it wasn't the best that I could have done. Um, and that was kind of when I made my switch to going vegan, it I would say now, because I am training for two different fitness competitions, so I am very strict right now. Um, I, when I first went vegan, I wasn't. I was just kind of like, all I didn't really eat a lot of vegan junk food, but it was like, whatever. You know, I love cooking, so I do like 
chickpea coconut curries or like big mm-hmm. burrito bowls with sweet potatoes or like stir fries. It just like, I don't know. I was really big on, on a bunch of different vegetables and colors. And I like making cashew cheese sauce and like all these like really fun things. Um, but now that I'm on a pretty limited caloric intake, um, I am trying to get my body fat down to, well, I think, what am I at? 14% now. I think we're aiming for 10. Um, I have a stage competition later this year. I haven't picked the date because there's so many of them. So I just figure okay. once it gets closer, but my goal is going to be September. And then in October, I'm running a 50K obstacle course race. It's a 12-hour race. Nice. Uh, well, that's how much time we have to finish. And so I have to be pretty lean for that. So um, now my diet is like in the morning, I'll do like a tofu scramble. So it'd just be like a block of tofu that's, that's smashed up uh, with some broccoli, with spinach, bell peppers, a little bit of salt and pepper, and that's kind of it. Like it's pretty boring. And then um, <laughs> lunch has been like this is funny because I never used to eat salads even as a vegan I was almost like opposed to it because I'm like you know everybody has this stereotype of vegans eating salad right um so I stayed away from it but now it's like I'm trying to get in a lot more volume with lower calories so I do like a huge spinach and romaine salad and throw a bunch of chopped veggies maybe like a couple teaspoons of sunflower seeds or something for a little extra fat and protein and that was about it. And instead of the uh, burrito bowls di- or burritos, dinner would be more of a burrito bowl. So minus the tortilla takes mm-hmm. away a few hundred calories. And it would just be like a half a cup of black beans, half a cup of brown rice and some other mixed veggies to add some more volume to there. So um, definitely not the funnest diet right now. It's going more for performance. Right. But um, yeah, I have been tracking my macros. So the calories, the fat, protein carbohydrates with uh, my fitness pal and that seems to kind of fit in within my guidelines so that's where we're at nice nice so you are changing a bit your diet here and there i guess depending on on what you're working on and so you're doing like a uh, like a physique competition is that what it is yeah yeah so i haven't picked the category they actually added a okay. few of them recently but there's a wellness category which is a new one it tends to be women that have uh thicker legs but okay maybe not as defined top and i think that kind of fits me more right um but there's yeah the physique there's bikini um and then i always forget what the other one one is but i'm probably going to be going for wellness right uh we'll see once i get a little closer and i get my body fat down a little more we can see which areas i get to improve on <laughs> so it's been uh it's been really fun because i feel like I've been experimenting. I've been so strict on stuff and I've been getting my body fat tested. I'm working with a personal trainer and we're just kind of like, you know, we'll go two weeks of like trying a certain type of exercise, certain diet and see what kind of happens with my body, do another test. And then he's been kind of tweaking it from there. Like, okay, well we want to, you know, tone this area a little bit more. Let's do this instead. And so it's been, I'm kind of like a guinea pig right now. <laughs> right, right. Well, it sounds fun. And I mean, as long yeah. as you're having fun, I mean, it's good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so how long have you been into like bodybuilding or, or, you know, like this whole the, going to the gym and stuff like that? Cause I know you said you were partying before. I don't know if you were, uh, going to the gym at, around that time as well, or if it's just something you picked up later or. Um, so I, I swear I've probably had a gym membership since I was 18. Right. <laughs> Um, and I'd say probably 18 to maybe 20, 21, 22, 
Uh, it was going pretty regularly. I was pretty fit then. Uh, there was some drinking, but it wasn't like controlling my life at the time. So it didn't really get in the way of working mm -hmm. out or anything. Um, I'd say as it progressed, there definitely became less gym and more alcohol <laughs> and um, got a little bit. I, I've never been like really overweight, but I was just a little mm -hmm. bit out of shape for my normal physique. And then um, I think probably right before I went vegan, so probably like 2014, early 2015, I started really focusing on it again because I was just like, you know, I my body type, it's really easy for me to build muscle. Mm -hmm. And so I figured, well, I kind of want to do something with this. I might as well expand upon it. And uh, I started working out a lot harder. And, and when I say working out, I tend to be more of like a gym weightlifter than cardio. I don't love yeah. cardio. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then around the vegan time too, I think what really inspired me was I just really wanted to be an example like I've always kind of been a rebel. So it was like, yeah. you know, people would tell me vegans can't build muscle, vegans can't do this, whatever. And I'm like, oh yeah, let me prove it to you. So <laughs> that's when I really started lifting more. And um, I, I would kind of almost gain this egotistical side of it. It was, you know, I'd watch guys squat or something and I'd be like, oh, let me see, he's doing 135, I'm gonna go 155, you know? <laughs> and then I'd wear the vegan shirt on top of it and be like, what? <laughs> right. So that's kind of now, um, because I am trying to lean down more, I have added some cardio. Mm -hmm. um, I do try to go on a hike at least once a week. And then I, I also have a Peloton bike. So I, I try to do 20, 30 minutes a day, plus the uh, weightlifting in the gym. So it's definitely pretty intense these days. Um, if I don't get enough sleep, I've realized that it's hard to make those goals. <laughs> mm -hmm. But that's kind of where the competition side comes into it because it takes such extreme discipline. It's like, you know, there's a reason these people are winning medals because they've put months, maybe years into what they're doing. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of work. It's definitely a lot of work. Yeah. But um, yeah, what's your take on protein and like protein amount now just because you're vegan and like we were, you know, everybody's like you can't, you know, uh, grow muscles on, on a vegan diet and all this stuff. And, and, you know, a lot of people might feel like you need a uh, shit ton more protein just because you're a vegan or something like that but like i i know looking at your instagram page and stuff like you're really fit and you've definitely have muscle so like what's <laughs> you. your take on that and like how much protein would you kind of generally go for and and suggest i guess for i mean i know yeah. everybody's different you know like you said you grow muscle easier than others so for the others it might be a little bit more than somebody else but i mean what's what's your take on that yeah so and i will preface this with i'm not an expert or anything i right. am um you know getting my certification as a nutrition coach but i don't have it yet so i'm just going to say this out of my own experience with myself mm -hmm. and some of the other people i've spoken to and as well as some of the doctors i've interviewed on my podcast it seems that kind of the standard and like you said it'll right. fluctuate for people to um for their protein intake is somewhere from 0.8 to 1.2 grams of protein was it per i can't remember if it's kilogram or pound of body weight but basically what we had figured out is i'm i'm I heavy think it's like pound, I mean, you yeah. said i'm pretty muscular it's i, I weigh a lot I'm, I'm five six i'm like a size two but i'm 150 ish i'm mm -hmm. like right around there so if i end up multiplying it i end up it ends up being 
a recommended amount of, I think it was like 110 grams of protein a day. Now on a vegan diet, that's obviously a little bit hard to get to, especially if you're trying to go within a certain caloric range, because yeah, stuff like peanut butter, whatever has a lot of protein, nuts, seeds, beans, things like that, but they also have a lot of calories. So um, if you're trying to keep your calories at a certain level and maintain that protein, it definitely is a little harder. But what I will say is with my experience, I, I don't have to hit that much. I, if I'm somewhere around 80, 90, I'm fine. I don't notice like, you know, I was saying I, I do these like uh, there's InBody and Psyche. There's two different tests that I do that kind of they give you your muscle mass index and like tell you how much you are gaining or losing. And then the actual circumference of each of your body parts. And I haven't noticed much of a change in my muscle if I drop my protein a little. OK, um, I would also like to make a recommendation. A good friend of mine, Dr. Garth Davis, wrote a book called Proteinaholic, and it's all about America's obsession with protein Mm -hmm. and how too much protein can be very damaging to our GI tract and and our overall health. Mm -hmm. And um, our body can't use all of it either, depending on how much you're eating. Right. So I would honestly say to people, like, I think there's there's been an over- I don't know, just obsession really of protein, Mm -hmm. but there's been a lack of focus on fiber and a lack of focus on other phytonutrients. So the nutrients that come from plants. And I, in my opinion, especially if you're not training for a competition, if you're eating a well-rounded diet, so the easiest way you can think of this is like you hear the phrase "eat the rainbow," and I, I'm not talking about Skittles. <laughs> so <laughs> no, hell no. We think about you know <laughs> the, the greens. You know you're going to get your chlorophyll, and and you get your your red colors, and you know the um, uh, anthocyanin. I was trying to remember what that was, and beta, not beta carotene. That's orange. But you're going to get basically different phytonutrients from different colors. Mm-hmm. And so if you're eating a little bit of each color you're going to get all of those in there too. And the plants are super rich in fiber as well. And everything has protein. I remember a good friend of mine, Dotsie Bausch, she was on uh, Game Changers. I had interviewed her before and, and she goes, everything has protein. Even, you know, apples have protein and cucumbers have protein. And and I was thinking, I was like, wait, do they? And this is me like as a vegan, you know, this is years into me being (laughs) vegan. I'm thinking, do cucumbers really have protein? And so I was like typing all this stuff into my fitness pal and Although it is low, right. like you'd have to eat, you know, a hundred cucumbers to get enough protein for the day, but they do. And and so mm-hmm. every little bit kind of adds up. And I would say that if people focused on eating more whole foods, um, they probably shouldn't have to worry about their protein intake, but you know, right. nuts, seeds, beans, legumes, those are kind of my go-tos. Right. And it's also a good point to mention like, if you're somebody that's doing bodybuilding and especially maybe for you that wants to go into competitions or I mean, I guess it depends what type of competition and stuff. But like, if you're trying to grow muscle, of course, you know, um, you might need a bit more protein. So maybe yeah. that 80 or that 100 or 110 could be like the upper limits for, you know, if you really want to do some uh, muscle growth and bodybuilding. But like somebody that just wants to keep fit would you say that they need the same amount or like, do you think that could be lowered as well? You know? Yeah, that can definitely be lowered for people that, you know, if you're not extremely active all the time and you're not focusing on muscle growth, because that's what protein is ultimately for is once the Mm -hmm. muscles are breaking down is building them back up. 
Um, and if that's not something you're going to for, like, yes, everybody needs protein. Like that is an essential thing that you need, but you can do that by just eating, (laughs) you know, as long as you're not just eating iceberg lettuce all day, you're going to be okay. (laughs) Right. Yeah, no, very (laughs) true. And, And that's where some people go vegan and do it wrong. And they just eat too many light foods and don't realize that they're, you know, not eating enough volume or calories. And then they wonder why they're sick or, you know, yeah, and you hear a lot of the, you know, there's always these little like fad diet come that come out and it's like the potato diet. We're only yeah. gonna eat potatoes for 30 days straight. And then, you know, people end up having gut issues afterwards because we're not getting enough of a variety of foods to where right. the different bacteria can function in our gut. And then you throw another food in there and we don't have the right bacteria, so you end up getting bloating or you get conditions like SIBO or IBS or things like that. And so And I I think that just really goes back to the whole, like, like, forget the word diet, right? Like, just eat whole foods, like just eat colors, eat a variety of different things, cook at home more. That's one of my biggest things, too. Even if Mm. you're not ready to go vegan yet, stop the restaurants, stop the Uber Eats, stop like all the packaged crap. Yeah. And just start cooking more, start meal prepping, start learning how these different flavors come together, because it's just. There's so many added things in these processed meals that are not good for our gut health or our overall health. And you really, it's really hard to stay within a certain caloric range as well when you're buying things that are, you know, in a package, even if they're vegan. Right. Yeah, that's kind of my main suggestion to people is just, you know, eat the whole foods, eat as many colors and, and the variety as you can. And at the least, just make sure you're getting enough calories. And with exactly. that, you should be fine. You know, you can tweak yeah. it from there once you get comfortable, right? But absolutely, you know, there's just so many options, and um, you know, you gotta feed those good, you know, bacteria, those good gut bacterias with the variety of food. But yeah, like I was kind of looking at people that were doing like long juice fasts or like mono meals and all these different types of things. And it could be beneficial for somebody if they're in a specific situation. But I think Mm -hmm. to be saying that this is, you know, kind of how we should be doing it in, in some way. You know, I think uh, it's kind of wrong because it's too... Yeah, uh, and I will say, I can't remember who said this, but somebody that I had interviewed on my podcast said something like, well, why would you do a fast, for example, like a juice fast or, mm-hmm. or a cleanse, right? There's all these different like plant-based cleanses. They're like, why wouldn't you just eat like this all the time? And I don't mean that we should only be drinking juice, but the variety of fruits and vegetables is more what I'm referring to. Like if you feel that your diet is bad enough to where you need to go on this cleanse, (laughs) why don't you just like (laughs) eat like that all the time? And I don't, I I mean, I haven't done a whole lot of research on the whole juice cleanse thing, but I, I wouldn't say that that's necessarily a bad thing as long as you were eating or drinking, I guess (laughs) a variety of different juices to where you were getting those different phytonutrients. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely see some of the benefits, especially with like, you know, maybe a 14 day or 30 day juice fast where uh, it can clean out a lot of the bad buildup that's in your intestines and kind of reboot your whole system. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, once again, talk to your doctor about that. Make sure you're in the right position because there can be some damage with that. Um, if you're not in the right space or if you have an underlying condition you don't know about. 
but really it's like just eat more plants you know <laughs> just <laughs> eat better yeah. overall then you won't have to worry about a cleanse <laughs> yeah no i love that when you say it. like if you feel that your health is that bad where you feel like you need a cleanse or you need some sort of you know like like you said it you know it's a it's a sign that you should maybe be changing some things long term and not just doing it for you know eating a bunch of cheeseburgers and then oh well i gotta go i gotta do do a, some sort of juice cleanse for a week here because i've been eating yeah. shitty, you know and then you just end up going back to the same thing after or and a lot of times worse <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like you know uh, like, i don't thank know god it's over all the time too. <laughs> yeah yeah and it's and then people end up you know that uh, most of the time what happens is when they're so restrictive and they're so tough on themselves that they feel the need to have a certain reward system afterwards and so they end up you know overdoing it and all the weight weight that they lost they put on double right yeah. um and so that's another piece of encouragement i'd love to give people if they're listening and maybe they're interested in going more plant-based or being completely vegan is although i would love on an ethical level for everyone to just be able to have this light bulb turn on go vegan overnight save more animals mm -hmm. yes that that would be amazing but i also am realistic and i understand <laughs> that it's more sustainable for most people to start just cutting out some animal products so my my first recommendation would be cut out the dairy there is so many inflammatory properties in yeah. dairy um you know if you think about just what it is it's mammary secretions that are intended for baby cows to grow you know thousand mm -hmm. pounds whatever the species is depends on how big they're going to get but um why would anything other than an infant need breast fluid right and and so just the inflammation that happens when we ingest that even if you're not lactose intolerant so right. let's cut out the cheese the dairy those, those are very addictive things if you can get that out of the way cool and then if you're still eating like a little bit of fish or chicken or or, or hamburgers or whatever okay, let's at least do, you know, one full day completely plant-based. So mm -hmm. let's do meatless Mondays, right? And then if that becomes easier for you, okay, start doing your vegan meal prep. So at least your lunch every single day is completely plant-based. And, and you can take these tiny, these tiny steps and then set goals. I think that's a huge one. Okay, 30 days from now, I want to be down to one fast food meal a week or whatever your goal is. And mm -hmm. then in, you know, 45 days, have a new goal. 60 days, have a new goal. And you can reward yourself, but you can reward yourself in a healthy way too. So I, yeah, I don't know. I think the way that, that I've seen it, um, especially in other people, it's a lot more sustainable to kind of give them this little bit of a slower progression and um, have them learn how to cook more at home and incorporate more whole foods. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's going to be a different process for everybody and, Yeah, it's mm -hmm. the, the best way to go about it, I think, for for everybody is just, yeah, starting slow because sometimes jumping in too quickly, you know, just because you got inspired right off the bat for some reason. I mean, it's not a bad thing to try, but at least right. if it doesn't work and it failed, then okay, well, keep that in mind, but then maybe just try a different approach rather than just kind of giving up or something, right? But. Yeah, and I think what I hear a lot too is people that are interested. It's, gosh, I really want to be vegan, but my husband's <laughs> not, but my kids aren't, but I live with my mom right. and she cooks all my food. And I get that. That's all super valid stuff. Absolutely. And, you know, especially if you have a little bit of a, I wouldn't even call it a food addiction, but just 
you see the sweets and you want to eat them or you see the cheese in the fridge and you want to eat it. Like I totally get that, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that because you can't, you feel that you can't give up cheese that you should just throw in the towel and just not even try anything, do everything except for the cheese, Right. right? Like cut out meat, cut out eggs, cut out everything else. And if you feel that you want to keep continuing eating cheese, cool, do that for now. And then you can work on that goal later. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't have to be all or nothing, I guess is my point. And that's the one thing that kind of sucks sometimes is like, yes, vegan is nothing when it comes to animal products. We are eating no animal products. So that could be the goal, but it doesn't have to be the immediate goal. Right. So. Yeah, I feel like dairy too is like almost, I feel like it's almost the the hardest for people to give up like you could have some mm-hmm. people that say oh i can give up red meat or oh, i could give up fish or chicken but then i feel like i hear more people saying oh i couldn't give up dairy or i couldn't give up cheese or whatever but then there's also so many uh dairy or milk ingredients in so many different foods that you uh-huh. know if you're if you're used to eating this one thing but it has dairy but i mean nowadays there's alternatives for everything there might be a different type of uh chip or something if it's a a flavor of chips that you could buy instead or a different hot or a sauce or whatever you know a different dressing there's plenty of different dressings that don't have dairy and you can Mm -hmm. just make your own but i always felt like dairy was like almost worse than eating meat in a way for for health you know health wise i agree i agree and i will say just talking about your your point that a lot of people have difficulty with dairy uh, cheese is one of the biggest ones I share from and yeah. uh, dairy in general, you know, the ice creams, the milk, the whatever. Uh, and I will just say like a small little snippet. Um, dairy is filled with a hormone called casomorphine. Casomorphine is uh, secreted by the mother and its intention is to keep the baby coming back to her breast to keep feeding. Mm-hmm. And, it, it is literally like heroin, but obviously not nearly as strong, but it has very similar morphine properties. Mm-hmm. They both have very similar structures. Um, and so when you take something like cheese, cheese is basically, obviously it's milk, but then a lot of the water, a lot of the moisture is removed. I think it ends up being like 20% of the volume after a lot of the water is removed from it. Mm -hmm. And so you have this extremely concentrated block of coagulated breast milk, right? (laughs) And in that block, you have a very concentrated level of the casomorphines. So when people say, I'm addicted to cheese, I'm addicted to dairy, they're not lying. Like they are literally addicted to it. And uh, it does take a little bit to get away from that. And it does take a little bit to have that like change. And I think another suggestion I would give to people on that one, that if you're suffering with that, if that's something that you want to give up and it's hard to, um, for me, and I know everyone's different, but for me, what really solidified the, uh, the change for me was watching, like there's a documentary called dairy is scary. Right. Um, watching those kind of documentaries, it gave me a why. Like, mm-hmm. and that why the animals, the, the things, the bad stuff that you can find in these products became overwhelmingly more important than my own addiction to it. And so when I would see that block of cheddar cheese that I was like so addicted to, I used to eat them all the time. Um, <laughs> instead of seeing something that tasted good, that was going to fulfill a certain need for me, I started seeing the suffering. I started seeing 
cancer growth promotion. I started seeing, you know, bacteria and pus and all the things that unfortunately are found in breast fluid. And it just became so, I guess, gross for lack of a better word to right. me that that overwhelmed my own taste buds. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty crazy process and the stuff that goes in there, it's, uh, it's definitely not perfectly clean. I mean, there's probably many other things that are not perfectly clean, but I guess, right. Uh, <laughs> like you said, the addictive properties are pretty bad and it's showing, you know, because we all know how addictive cheese is, but you know, there's plenty of vegan cheeses. We can just go to a store one day and just buy a type of vegan cheese that you that looks good and try it out if you don't like it maybe try another one and maybe slowly you'll find one or your taste buds will change but of course it's not going to be the same you know like Mm -hmm. i bought a pizza one time when i was working uh out the west end of of canada and uh i think it was was it domino's panago panago is a pizza company and they had um, vegan pepperoni and vegan cheese but I think it's the Dea uh, cheese that they had mm-hmm. there and when it melts you know when it's like completely melted it's a bit softer it's not like a stringy and and chewy kind of like uh, dairy cheese but I bought mm-hmm. a pizza for the guys at work and I figured well try out the vegan pizza I'm not gonna buy a meat pizza so yeah you guys want vegan pizza sure okay <laughs> but <laughs> some of them ate it but then there was some people that were turned off by it you know because it just wasn't exactly like vegan cheese or I mean uh dairy cheese, Regular but like, cheese. yeah, yeah. Like, well, what do you expect I mean it's gonna be, it's not gonna be exactly the same but I mean, it's just uh, the way it goes, and and uh, I mean, we're not all going to like them, but there's so many, because I've heard many people say, oh, I've tried vegan cheese before, it, it wasn't good, and it's like, hey, you've <laughs> only tried it once, and you probably only tried the one brand out of, mm-hmm. I don't know, tw- I don't know, there's over 10 for sure, uh, in, oh, yeah. or more in the world at least, but like, I know at least four, five, six different brands and, and there's more coming um, in just our local grocery store. So so it's kind of like, you know, try those instead and <laughs> try yeah, different and, ones. And explore, explore. Too. Like that's another thing too is not everything needs to be substituted. Like, right. that's yeah, true. Sure, I was pe- just thinking like of pizzas. that. Yeah, like something like pizza. Yeah, okay, I get it. Like you're <laughs> kind of used to having cheese on there, but you can make a pizza without cheese sometimes. Yeah. One thing I like to do is exactly. just get like a pita bread, toast it a little bit. I just put some like tomato or marinara sauce on it and a bunch of roasted vegetables, and that's it. You know, or you can do like a pesto instead of marinara. Mm-hmm. Um, and and really going back to what we were talking about earlier, just training your taste buds something different. Like humans are creatures of habit, and we go back to what we know. And especially when there's family history in it like you know you hear a lot of like well my family's italian and i'm so used to eating cheese and meat and blah blah blah. my family is from south america and we're really big on steaks and my family i get it like my family's german and spanish Mm -hmm. (laughs) we have sausage and and meat and you know all these kind of steakhouse things and and whatever like it i get that i get coming from that but we can also create new traditions and just even like we were saying earlier, removing those things like, right. okay, well, if you don't like any of the vegan cheese brands you've tried, 
don't use it at all. You know, mm-hmm. more calories anyway. So <laughs> yeah, and they're not always the the healthiest per se. Like right. there's still it's still a processed food in some way, exactly. like other things. So there's still concerns about if it's the healthiest. I mean, just like anything else, but we can't be perfect. But at least think of an, of the animals in that in that aspect. You know, at least you're not contributing to that part of the things and, exactly and it's more just of a health uh point of view rather than the health and an animal <laughs> abuse or suffering you know yeah absolutely um but yeah so what are some things that you feel like uh veganism has helped you evolve in your life like uh maybe physically mentally and yeah man i there's a long list um <laughs> i would say on a on a physical level i'd say uh acne was a huge thing i had especially with the whole dairy thing right that went away after uh i went vegan i think i had a little bit like my skin was probably detoxing for a few months afterwards but it's been pretty good since then um i would say even on a digestive issue, like digestive level that, um, you know, sometimes when you don't eat a lot of fiber, it can be harder to go to the bathroom. And that's not usually an issue anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to get too graphic, but um, I'd say energy level is another big thing, too, that I, I feel, you know, I used to feel kind of sluggish. And, and a lot of that was, yeah, I was a full time student and I was busy and all these things. But you know, if you're in your 20s, that shouldn't be a problem. And so now it's like, I swear my schedule is probably double as busy as it was before. Um, but I tend to, especially if I wake up early, go to the gym and, you know, just have a really active day. That's not much of an issue for me anymore. Um, I would also say too, like, I don't know, I, I maybe on more of a spiritual level, more emotional, um, there seems to just be like, I don't know. It's, almost like a clarity that kind of happens. Like, Mm. I feel like even if you're not really aware of what you're eating, that when you're eating these, not only the the actual physiological, like the stress hormones from the animals, but, you know, right before they're slaughtered, obviously we're having Mm -hmm. raised adrenaline, raised cortisol, all these kind of like stress responses, right? Um, We're not only eating those, because those stay within the muscle tissue of the animals that you end up eating. Um, but just on like more of a spiritual level, like it's very interesting to me thinking about when you're just eating death all the time, when you're mm-hmm. eating pain and suffering and just, uh, you know, it's, it, it seems that it would be kind of hard to maintain good mental clarity and be positive all the time like I would think that that has some sort of effect on the body mm-hmm. um and that doesn't mean that like all vegans are just like happy all the time and we don't have emotions, yeah. but I just think there there's a little bit of an improvement there uh when you're just getting you know life from plants and and uh not ingesting the suffering for sure so yeah there's yeah. um like the same for people that do eat meat like it doesn't mean that because you eat meat and stuff like that, that you're just angry and like, right. you know, no patience or, or whatever it is. But I know uh, myself even and and some others that I've heard when they've 
left, um, you know, meat eating, they've noticed how like a bit more grounding and a little bit more calm and just, you know, they just had more patience for things. They just wouldn't get so frustrated. So like, I know I've noticed that firsthand and I've heard it from other people as well. But I mean, everybody's different. So Mm-hmm. That can be part of it, but a person eating meat could still be super chill and mellow and just kind of and, and nice. For sure. and it doesn't mean that it's it, you know it's a, there's a personality thing that we're we're just like that. But it it seems like it has that effect on some people that do leave um, eating animals aside, you know. And and uh, I will say too that it even kind of. Maybe it's not like, okay, overnight you're just going to feel this mental clarity and you're right. going to be amazing and all these things. But for me, I think I would say that it more opened up my willingness to. Mm-hmm. Like I felt that once I started really getting in touch with my why and like why I was doing this and like that I, you know, want to put nourishing things into my body and not the suffering of these innocent creatures, that that like just the, the observation of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, allowed for some awakening, I guess, so to speak. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it can be a combination of many things. You know, even somebody that goes vegan, depending on how their diet was before, it could have still been generally healthy, or it could have been just you know really shitty. And then you know when they go vegan, they just end up starting to eat much more healthy on top of being vegan. And just that alone could make a lot of really, you know, amazing changes within your, within yourself, you know, mentally and stuff. So I yeah, mean, definitely, definitely notice that in people, in, in myself and in, in others. And it's kind of interesting and, and cool to see, to see how that, how that changes and uh, for, for whatever reason or for whatever that, that causes that it's uh, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, so what about your friends and family? Like when you went vegan, was there any any of them that were already vegan or were you just the only one? And like, were they supportive <laughs> of it or how does that go for them? That's a good question. Um, I would say that like, I don't know, maybe late 20s, I had had a couple people say that they didn't eat animals, but I don't know if I really knew the word vegan and I was too stubborn to ask any questions. So there definitely (laughs) wasn't much of an influence there because I was unwilling to accept. Uh, But when I started doing research, so I'm actually married. My husband went vegan um, not too long after I did. It took him a little bit more research and he was a little more the analytical that was like, oh, well, we got to make sure we're getting enough protein. Yeah. You know? and, and basically what had happened was we had still had some chicken breast and eggs and, and some uh, whey protein and things in the house. And mm-hmm. he decided that he would finish that and uh, went a few months after me. But um, I would say other than him, like none of my friends, family is vegan mm-hmm. um but they i would say like my mom and my brother eat probably how i used to before i was vegan so better than the standard american diet right. uh, but not necessarily vegan and then as far as friends go i other than my one friend that kind of mentioned things a couple times so I, I don't really have any contact with anymore because she moved but um i didn't 
really know anybody that was vegan. And I think that's where my circle got to expand as well. Like I, uh, I'm not saying that I don't have non-vegan friends because I definitely have a lot of friends that aren't vegan. Mm -hmm. But when I started joining um, more vegan groups, this sounds like a cult now, but like (laughs) Facebook groups or I started following more vegans on Instagram. And then of course, when I started my vegan podcast, I would meet more people as well. I go to things like VegFest or, you know, before COVID. And um, I really started expanding my circle of friends, which definitely made it a lot easier because not only would we go to vegan restaurants, so I didn't have to worry about like, what am I going to eat when we go out? Uh, We would cook together. We would also have conversations on things that can be difficult being vegan. And um, usually most of those conversations have nothing to do about actually going vegan, but about how to deal with the backlash from others. (laughs) Um, And so having that good support system, I think definitely, definitely helps but it was created for me it was definitely like not there in the beginning mm-hmm. and so uh yeah it's been cool awesome yeah like it can be tough for some people i mean like for yourself like your husband went vegan like what did you say two or a few months after or yeah okay so that, yeah i mean that's pretty quick like some yeah. people might want to go vegan and it, it just becomes kind of tough you know when um, I mean, unless they're cooking separately or whatnot, but sometimes, yeah. you know, for people and like, you know, giving all the credit to, to whoever the chef is in the house, if they're cooking a vegan meal and, you know, a non-vegan meal or do they just kind of separate it a little bit, you know, um, yeah. like it's a lot, it can and, be extra work, but I mean. And one, one thing I could say about that too is like my rule in the beginning was I don't want it in the house. Right. So I didn't tell him to go vegan. I just said, I'm not, there's nothing going to be in the house. So if you want a hamburger, you want to go get a burrito or whatever that's not vegan, don't bring it home. Do that outside of the home. And of course, you know, helping him adopt those principles by watching documentaries and stuff mm-hmm. helped. And he hasn't been like 100% vegan all of the time. Like I know that sometimes he's had like fish here and there with his friends or they'll go pick up a burrito and maybe it had something in it that wasn't mm-hmm. vegan, but he definitely doesn't like, Oh, I'm going to go order a steak or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if I'd actually call him vegan. I'd say plant-based. He's mostly plant-based. Mm-hmm. Um, but for people that are going through that issue of living with someone at home that like, you know, maybe they cook their meals and that's harder for them to do. What I would say is you don't necessarily have to cook two separate meals. Like, yeah, if, you know, one partner wants, uh, you know, a, a chicken and rice burrito or something cool, um, you make all the same thing. You get have the tortillas are usually vegan unless there's lard in them, but it's really easy to get vegan tortillas, uh, beans, rice, vegetables, all that kind of stuff. And you make all of that for both burritos. And then the person that's having chicken, they just add chicken to theirs. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, um, it's not that hard or like if you're doing a stir fry same thing if they want chicken or beef or shrimp or something in their stir fry okay just put that in a separate pan you both share all the same vegetables you have one pan that has their meat in it and your pan has tofu in it or something and and uh you can make your own stir fries as well obviously you know it'd be cool if we could get the non-vegan to try a little bit of both but you know (laughs) like we (laughs) talked earlier a lot of times that takes a little bit of a process so i don't think 
I think it's good to have a little bit of compromise um, mm -hmm. in that way, just because if you're showing support to the non-vegan, it can be a little bit more attractive for them to come that way. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'd, I would rather do that than have them be like, oh, well, I'm just going to go out to eat and you have no idea what they're eating. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's uh, I was thinking of that when I first started saying that, like, you don't really need to cook a whole separate meal. Like, you just add the, the meat on the side kind of thing and they can add it in their dish or whatnot depending on what you're yeah. making but yeah no it's uh it's interesting i mean it can be it can be also tough just just for if somebody really makes the change and the you know and their mindset is completely made up on, on that you know vegan lifestyle and Sometimes mm -hmm. they, I imagine it can be tough for people if the other partner is completely the opposite and they just don't care or don't oh, yeah. really get it. They don't don't get it or they just you can see they don't really plan on on they're not I guess open to it I guess in some way. Yeah. And then you've completely like changed your mindset around that and I'm sure it can be tough that way, but oh, I mean yeah. many people do it. They live with partners for many many years or they still are and they're completely eating different ways, you know, but you adjust, yeah, I guess, you is know, what it, it is. <laughs> that causes a, a lot of breakups in relationships, does, too, yeah. and it's hard. It's it's like alcohol sometimes. You know, if you have one person that's completely sober and they're dedicated to that lifestyle mm -hmm. and the other person likes to have a couple beers here and there, but having those beers in the fridge might be a trigger for the other person. Like, you know, there, there kind of comes this point where it's like, is this worth, uh, you know, ending a relationship over or is there some sort of compromise we can come to or, and I think that's kind of my point. Like I, obviously every situation is different. I'm not yeah. saying like, Oh, you should just divorce your husband. Yeah. Chicken. But like, yeah. you know, I, I think having those conversations around it and really just encouraging them to understand where you come from, like mm -hmm. don't have the intention of, changing them necessarily yeah. but just like hey let me just let you understand where i'm coming from so you can understand why i don't want it in the house or why mm -hmm. i feel uncomfortable cooking this for you or like you know whatever i think so. it comes down to communication and just yeah really being honest with each other and communicating how each other feels in a respectful peaceful manner and then maybe yeah. that makes the compromise much easier rather than kind of having this resentment and just like all this like you know stuff because you're not really talking about it and you're like ah oh, you know he doesn't get it and and i want to do this but sometimes it just uh takes the communication to sit down in the communication and then it just kind of like kind of clears the energy in some way mm -hmm. and then just makes it easier to live with that but i see where you know, because it, it's such a big lifestyle change, you know, like, like, there's a lot of people that, you know, have asked me or that as vegans, you know, would you date or would you, would you be able to be with somebody that is not vegan? <laughs> and right. I mean, it's a tough question. It, it is like a tough question because you're living this completely different lifestyle. And it's not just a lot of people forget that it's not just the food. It's a right. lot of different things and, and other things come from from it, like from being vegan. All of a sudden you might start being more eco-friendly and, and, yeah. and other and, and many other um, routines in your day may change. And, you know, you start working out more and all of a sudden you're just like into fitness and you're eating better and you're meditating, doing all these things. But then you're, you know, if your partner is completely 
in the same lifestyle as before and not doing any of that, then things start are, are not really aligning. So I guess yeah. it all depends where it goes from there. But Yeah, and that's actually like something I experienced that I, I haven't um I hadn't really it hadn't really been thrown in my face so much mm-hmm. recently, especially because, you know, with COVID people don't really go out anymore. But uh I was up in LA for about four days um in this workshop that I had just completed and uh, we, there was a bunch of us out there. There was like 30 something of us. And there's about, I think five of us that were in the same hotel room. And we went out to go grab some food one of the nights. And of course I meal prepped for the entire freaking time. And <laughs> I had like 10 of these containers in our little mini fridge and had to take out the shelf. So they'd fit. And it was, it was really <laughs> funny. But one of the nights we had decided, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll be able to find something to eat. It's probably not going to be as healthy as I want it to be as far as calories go, but you know, whatever, there's something vegan somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so we, uh, went to a restaurant together and then, you know, we're ordering drinks and I'm thinking, God, you know, I'm just thinking about like the calorie side of it. I'm like, I shouldn't be drinking the alcohol's calories. And, <laughs> um, you know, the French fries come out and, you know, I, I end up eating probably a thousand calories with the French fries and just all these things. And I, I, I kind of, I mean, I had to be easy on myself because there's no reason to like beat myself yeah. up for it the next day. But the next day I'm like, I'm the, the hotel had a gym. I didn't go to the gym the next day. I thankfully went the day after, but um, mm. I started thinking like how easy it is to go down this downward spiral. Oh, yeah. Like, God, I, I meal prepped. I'm super healthy. I always go to the gym. I have this certain plan, this goal in mind, and I'm working towards that. And then I'm with all these people. Nobody's vegan. Nobody eats healthy. Everybody except for one person drinks. There was just all of this, like it, it just was all there. And there was just so much pressure. And it was just like, oh my God, like I, um, I can't be around <laughs> that, you know? And so I can't imagine like living with someone that ate like that all the time. Somebody that's ordering fast food all the time and like yeah. drinking a lot and doing all these things. I'm like, Oh, it's just draining. And like you were saying, it's so much of the lifestyle. It's mm-hmm. like none of them went to the gym with me the next day. None of the, you know, they're all sleeping in and sitting around and I'm like, let's go for a run, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, so yeah, I guess on that side, I can totally relate to how hard that must be living with someone all the time, you know, that's not on the same page as you. Yeah, totally. And yeah, I, I feel like it is just the communication thing. It's kind yeah. of all you have in a sense um, when it comes to that point, if, if that's where you are, because yeah. and that's the only thing that'll that'll kind of save you in a way so that you can clear things up. Because if you don't talk about it, then it's like uh, you just you're, you're both kind of holding on to something. But yeah, like, um, yeah, it's a it's a tough battle. But I mean, it's it is what it is. And I feel like if you can live with it, you can live with it. But sometimes it takes just too much energy, and uh, yeah. that that lifestyle. Like I mean, it, I guess for me, I just think of how my mindset changed, you know, and yeah. I just it's completely different from before I was vegan. So it's it would be hard to go backwards or, or just. I don't know, I guess be with somebody that had a similar mindset as me before I went vegan, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah. maybe it's, I would say that I wouldn't be able to be with somebody that's not vegan or, or whatnot because it's just too much of a big thing. But it's not to say that one wouldn't want to try or when one, right. you know, that you shouldn't be like completely avoiding it because you never know 
what it'll come yeah, from. Yeah, but... you may have an opportunity for growth. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, it's just like we were talking about earlier with the alcohol. You know, if you, uh, you know, you're sober or you quit drinking or whatever and then and you're single and then you're dating somebody that still likes to party every night. Like, yeah, there's going to be issues there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not the same lifestyle. Or even we talk about going to the gym, whether you're vegan or not. It's like if you have somebody that likes to work out every single morning and get their routine in and be really healthy – and they're dating someone that doesn't go to the gym at all and doesn't care about exercising, it's going to put a toll on the relationship and, and there's going to be resentment. It's, and like you said, the communication is so important. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it just it really comes down to communication. I'm learning this so much in so many of my relationships, whether that's friendship or actual relationship or mm-hmm. family, that like when there's proper communication that doesn't guarantee that both people are going to align on everything, but they can at least understand each other's come from and be able to make compromises. So totally for sure. Well, uh, yeah, we, we were kind of on the, uh, dating advice train there. <laughs> <laughs> I know this podcast has gone all over the place. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. We want to touch all the, all the subjects, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, we gave, quite a bit of advice here and you've given us quite a bit of things to you know help people adopt a plant-based lifestyle or tips and tricks i mean is there anything else that you would want to say for for advice for people that are interested in adopting a vegan lifestyle um i think i would just say don't be hard on yourself like we kind of talked earlier about the all or nothing. A lot of people have that kind of mentality and and this can be very challenging for people. Like this can be a huge change for some people, depending on how they're currently living. And I think that just arming yourself with enough research, um, have a good support system, friends, family, husband, wife, whatever, and uh, just really trying it out. And if you mess up, okay, starting in the next meal, you know, it's not, it's not the end of the world, but Yeah. I think that would probably be my best advice. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So um, I have one more question that I like to save for the end because it's uh, kind of a fun one. Um, okay. Do you see a vegan world in the future? And how do you think we can make that happen? Ooh. Um, the very positive side of me says yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> then I also have this uh, hesitant side that right. tries to be more realistic and is like, eh. what I think is going to happen is that um, we can already see this happening now, unfortunately, is that the resources of the earth are slimming and the population is not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at a certain point, I think it's going to have to go that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I plan on or if I would expect to see a hundred percent vegan world, but I think we will get to a point where people are eating primarily plants mm-hmm. um, because it's just not sustainable. And I think people are starting to wake up to the health side of things as well. So um, yeah, the realistic side of me says mostly vegan. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it's, I feel like, you had mentioned something earlier and I kind of wrote it down, but it was about how so much unhealthy food is the cheapest. And then there's a lot of people that, yeah, like they're in a situation, they don't have that much money. And then it, it forces them to buy 
shitty food that is not eco-friendly it's not really sustainable for the earth and all these other things and it's supporting just bad industries and corporations that you know don't really care about our health or the environment and you know and it's just kind of shitty that all these um healthy foods seem to be the more expensive or you know like we can grow bell peppers and and all these um, fruits and vegetables maybe here locally where I am, but you still see um, stuff from Mexico and all these Mm -hmm. places. And it's like, how does that make any sense? Like, why are we shipping stuff from way over there completely backwards? We could save so much of the environment and the pollution you know, and why aren't yeah. we growing these things locally? Like, it's not hard to yeah. build, to put the government putting money towards building bigger green, big greenhouses so that, you know, you could have an abundance of fruits and vegetables, which would make it cheaper because you're mm-hmm. growing it locally and it doesn't take much to grow fruits and vegetables. But the process that it, that we have to put in, the money we have to put in to grow, like, animals and then having to feed them and then having to kill them and package them and the whole process of that and shipping it you know and and some of that gets wasted when it i don't know i i see it just completely backwards where if you have a greenhouse you're just growing you're planting seeds and then it grows vegetables and then right. you're just feeding the people with that. And there's no killing. There's no um, packaging, more or less, and shipping all to these places. Like, it's just right there. Like, it, yeah. it's so weird how <laughs> that is not happening right now. <laughs> and, I know. And... I know. And that would be another last word of encouragement, I would say. If you have room, even if you don't have a yard, um, right. get a couple big flower pots and just plant a couple local things that grow in your climate. Mm-hmm. Like look up what's local to you. Look at the seasons when you should plant them. Uh, I personally have a ton of blackberries in my backyard and I have some potatoes growing in a planter and a bunch of mint and passion fruit and I don't know, guava. There's a bunch mm-hmm. of different things back there, but uh, whatever's easy, pick something easy, <laughs> grow some food. It's really fun to go outside and, and pick a you know, a whole bunch of blackberries and throw them in a smoothie or just eat them like that and know that you actually grew those in your backyard. So that, uh, and it saves a little bit of money and resources. So why not? (laughs) Yeah, totally. I think a lot of people, if they, if they end up doing it, like myself, I'm speaking of myself here too, because I've never really grown food yet, but it is in my plan. I'm just uh, focusing on, on building my spot in the woods here. And then next year it'll be, full growing time but like I know that once that happens and I know it'd be the same for a lot of people that just haven't taken the time to commit to just you know planting some seeds that once it's it's ready and you go to eat it like it'd be so satisfying to know mm-hmm. that you've just grown that and now you're eating it and and maybe it makes it'll make a lot of people realize that wasn't that bad like and I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. continue doing that and then there you go you have a new thing going for you (laughs) yeah yeah it's pretty cool yeah awesome awesome so before we go where could uh people find you on uh social media and all that 
Yeah. So on Instagram, it's vegan Danielle. It's vegan underscore Danielle. Um, I have, I have a website. It's vegan Danielle.com, but I'm kind of in the middle of some, um, I'm changing some stuff as I've, I'm getting my certifications done. I'm going to be offering some more services to people. So until I have those certifications, it's a little bit under construction, but you can still view all the podcasts that I've had on there. Um, Facebook, same thing. Everything's kind of vegan Danielle. Mm-hmm. Um, I did start a new podcast. I, I think I'd mentioned earlier today. It's not necessarily about being vegan. It's about women in leadership. And uh, it's called Limitless Ladies in Leadership. So you can find it at that website, Instagram, Facebook, all the same, you know, Spotify, all those th- same things as well. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I will note that in the description so people can find you there. And yeah, thank um, you. Yeah, it was great talking to you. Thank you have you. to look up your podcast as well and check out some episodes and and see what you've done. That's a a lot of episodes. There, two hundred episodes. You said <laughs> something like that. It was like two two thirty five or something. I don't remember, but <laughs> nice. there's a lot. <laughs> I got a ways to go. I'm only at eighty or ninety, I think now. So <laughs> oh wow, I've, that's a lot. Yeah, it's it's still yeah, it is it is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Cool, cool. So great talking to you again. Thanks for taking the time to be on the podcast. I really enjoyed hearing your story, and I'm sure the others uh, will as well. And um, I hope you have a awesome day. Thank you, and thank you so much for having me as well. It was a uh, great being a guest. All right, we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you guys could, leave me a review. Let me know what you guys think. If you guys have any suggestions, ideas, anything at all, because that would help the podcast grow. And again, if you guys haven't done so already, please subscribe and stay tuned for more episodes each week. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Peace and love to you all.